Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 183 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am one of your hosts. My name is Eric Eric the Dog Walquist. And joining me this week, as he does each and every week, is the other host of the show. His name is... Um, I'm Jesse. I, I actually forgot. I still have the human up here, which is apropos. It's apropos, because I've now I started watching Adventure Time, so now Eric the Dog and Jesse the Human. Exactly. What do you think of it? Oh my god, it's so good. Isn't it fun? It's so good. Like, it's just a shower of happiness. Right. And, you know, I watched that Bronies documentary that you had talked about, and we had uh-huh. talked about on here a while back, and I kind of got the same vibe that you got from it. It was just like, you know, these people are just like, they're looking for friends, and they found friends through the show, and that's not necessarily a terrible thing at all. No, yeah, I'm 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 cool with bronies now. Yeah, and I was so I was like, well, you know, it's on Netflix. Maybe I'll uh, just out of curiosity, I'll check out Friendship is Magic and see what all the hullabaloo is about. Oh yeah, you're a brony now. I got about seven minutes in. What's your cutie mark? Uh, I did like the Apple Family. I thought they were funny. Mm, mine, mine's a overflowing mug of beer. Love it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I got about seven minutes in and then I was like, hmm, Adventure Time's on here. And now I'm on episode 20 of Adventure Time. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the superior show for sure. So I think I'm an Adventure Tony. Ah, yeah, I, I think that's a more mainstream segment yeah. of the population. I just love it so much. I mean, it's such a good show. I can't, I can't recommend it enough. It's real easy to watch too. Super easy to watch, and like I was, I was watching it, and then my wife comes in and she goes, "Oh, Adventure Time," and I was like, "Wait, you watch this?" And she's like, "Yeah, dude, I work with kids. Like, I watch it all the time. Yeah. This is like what children are being raised on." So, and yeah, I'm okay with it. I've uh, I've stopped watching it with uh, Russell Nisha around because sometimes it gets a little scary. Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually we have a scare a scared child story. Oh, but I'm going to save that for a little. straight, I hope. I I hope so. Uh, but <laughs> we'll uh, we'll save that for a little later in the show. Jesse, how was your week? Uh, pretty good. I just I just booked a hotel room mm. for Victoria, Canada in Hello. September. So I'm pretty excited about that. I love Victoria. That's like my yeah. favorite one of my favorite cities in the world. I haven't been there since we went there in band, right? Marching in, band. in high school. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to go back and relive it as an adult. <laughs> It's going to come as a big surprise that Jesse and I were in marching band in high school. Uh, but uh, that was the fateful trip where the car ran over your longboard. Right, yeah. So. That was the most event- adventureful, eventful, that's what I was going for, part. We also watched The Matrix 2. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I was so excited. I was yeah. so into The Matrix 2 before it came out. Yeah. And then I watched it and I was like, it was good. <laughs> yeah, yep. I'm going there for um it's the same weekend as the Great Canadian Beer Festival. Oh nice. But the Great Canadian Beer Festival has a website that's straight out of the nineties and they don't include basically any information on it, mm-hmm. including whether or not uh you can take kids. So I don't know if I'll go to the beer festival or not, but I'm still excited to go to the great city. Well there you go. And I actually got to play test my board game for the first time this week, which Went better than I thought it would, honestly. Yeah. Which makes me happy. It makes me feel encouraged. Yeah, that's good. 
that'd be a bummer if you got to that point where like, oh, this this isn't this doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, this game is actually a terrible idea. But it also just gave me a big old. Sh- I mean, obviously, there's kinks to work out of the game to make it more streamlined and stuff. But I kind of made it as big as it could possibly be, so that now mm-hmm. I can go through the process of scaling it back. That's kind yeah, of the whole idea. It's it's better to trim the fat than realize right. that you're missing something. Yeah, it's and so I, you know I like to take a project to where I can't add anything else, and then bring it back to where I can't take anything else away. So what was that. what's the Thomas Edison quote that the perfect machine is one that can't possibly have anything else added to it? <laughs> no, I can't have anything taken away from it. Oh yeah. No. Uh, it's the same spirit. In the same spirit. Yeah, the original light bulb had like a bunch of gears and whistles. It had a uh-huh. whistle when you turned it on to let you know the light was on. <laughs> for deaf people. <laughs> the on light is on on the light. I wonder if they have something like that for people who are hearing impaired to let them know that the lights are on. Anyway. What? Yeah. So <laughs> People that are hearing impaired? Yeah, because like you have guests over to your house. Or I guess, I'm sorry, not hearing impaired. Vision impaired. Oh, okay. I always get those two mixed up. If uh, I was blind, I would <laughs> never turn any lights on, even if I had company. <laughs> I'd be like, welcome to my world. I got home field advantage here. <laughs> That's true. You know That's... I wouldn't even have light bulbs in the uh, in the lights. Yeah. it's like dude... I would have lamps with no, with no light bulbs, though. You have no idea how much money I save. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, sure. You could use the bathroom. Good luck. There's also no windows. I had them boarded over. BYOF. Bring your own flashlight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, anyway, playtest went well. I'm excited to playtest it some more. And like I said, trim the fat off it. But guess what? It's a game, which uh, I think is as much as I can ask for after the first playthrough. I was like, wow, this is actually a game. Like, this Yeah, I'm is excited to play thing. it. So yeah, I'm excited about it. Anyway, speaking of uh, the great Canadian beer fest, Jesse, what are you drinking this week? Uh, it's neither great nor Canadian. It's barely even a beer, really. I'm drinking some Bush. It's my go-to oh macro. My. Wow. Yeah. You go-to macro isn't Rainier? Well, okay. Rainier, then Bush, then, I don't know, PBR or something Yeah, like I that. guess Rainier's not really a macro, though. It's just a cheapo. Yeah, yeah. It's a cheapo, for sure. My go-to macro is Miller High Life. That's like the one that I. That's I'll, the difference between you and me. I guess that is. That's that's the spectrum that we are on, sir. I actually had I a I had a Rainier a little earlier tonight, so I'm a, I'm a tall boy of Rainier in, and now I'm drinking the born and raised IPA from uh from uh low or sorry no fi brew house in Spokane, Washington. I think I've had this one on the show before. I it's think a, it's no lie. Did I? What did I say? I think it said hi fi. Ah, whatever. No lie. Yeah, no lie. Uh, brew house. <laughs> Uh, I've had this before. It's real good, seven percent. Gives you a little kick in the butt, and it is delicious. I, next time in, I'm in Spokane, uh, you know, Lydia and I go out there at least once a year uh, when we're heading over to her brother's house. I think stopping by Noli would be a good, uh, good detour. You should. Spokane's trying to turn itself into a beer destination city. Why not, man? You got Walla Walla wine. Yeah, they really should. They're trying to be like the Bend of Washington. Let's which do is it. Pretty cool. I'm down. Um, so we also have some listener feedback this week and, uh, starts off with an email, Jesse. This one comes from a kindred spirit to your, uh, birth home where you were born. 
I was I was home birthed. You were home birthed at the at the no hospitals, home. please. Actually, I kid you not, Jesse. At your wedding shower, I believe your dad told me the entire story of your birth. <laughs> so I actually I believe know, it. I kind of know exactly what went on during that whole thing. I have no idea. He told it please to don't me. tell me. He told it to me in graphic detail. And wow. I know your mom listens to the show, so she might get mad at your dad for that. But uh, I just wanted to put it out there that I know how you were born. <laughs> Great. Speaking of how you were born, you were born in Australia, which some of our listeners may not know. Uh, you have dual citizenship. And mm-hmm. uh, and Ben from Australia decided to chime in. So uh, he says, hey, guys, just wanted to bring to light the fact that the first AFL preseason game is being played tonight with a game each day for the next 18 days. Uh, I saw on the website a pretty cool international promotion where the whole preseason is free to stream internationally, and I thought you guys might like to check it out. It is at http colon backslash backslash w-a-t-c-h-a-f-l. That's watchafl.afl.com.au. I promise I'm not a bot. Just love... Oh, dude. You shouldn't have said that. Now I think you're a bot. Uh Uh-oh. That's that's something a bot would say, is I am not Mm. a bot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I promise I'm not a bot. Just love the show and love sport and love AFL. So I wanted to share this with you. P.S. Don't go for the Hawthorne Hawks despite the Seahawks connect- connection. Just don't do it. Ben from Australian. That's how he signed it. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, do you know anything about AFL? Who's your favorite AFL team? Yeah, I don't know who to root for, but for some reason I like the Collingwood Magpies. <laughs> I think it's a cool mascot. They have cool uniforms. It sounds like a chapter in Alice in Wonderland. (laughs) What about, are the, am I mixing up AFL? Are the uh, Canberra Raiders in the AFL? No, that's uh, rugby. That's a different sport. Hmm. Yeah, I got to get into it. I got to pick my team. Uh, I I think I'm going to see who's in Western Australia. Oh, yeah. There's like Fremantle. There's oh. a couple of uh, Western Australia teams. I think the Bulldogs might be. I want to go to the most desolate desert city and root for that team. Yeah. Hopefully, it's yeah, not do the that. Although the Magpies is kind of the greatest mascot I've ever heard of. Magpies are cool. That's the thing. Is like I would root for a Canberra team, but there's not a Canberra team in that league. What? Yeah, like AF Aussie Rules football, because there's like two football sports in Australia that are popular there's Aussie rules football and there's rugby league Mm -hmm. and rugby league is like what the northerners enjoy more so including like uh new south wales okay so like new south wales and uh, queensland and they all like uh rugby whereas victoria and south australia that's um Aussie rules football territory interesting i mean i guess you know the capital of the united states didn't have a baseball team until like 2003 i think uh, so that's understandable. Yeah. It's understandable. Anyway, yeah, yeah I, I, I say why not? I mean, we are in the drought now. We are in the sports drought. Uh, yeah, totally. So I could get into it. I tried to last year. I just had a hard time keeping up with it. Mm. And I also didn't. I, I need a team that I can root for. Maybe, maybe that's the Collingwood uh, Magpies. Collingwood Magpies. I don't know. But if Ben can let us know what team we should be rooting for, he seems to be the expert here. Also, this Watch AFL link. Maybe we should. Uh, Maybe that's our avenue into Aussie rules. So there you go. Thanks. Good on you, Ben. And uh, speaking of more listener feedback, we got uh, 
another international card. It's, it's, an, it's an international flavor, and this one comes to us from the dulcet German tones of one Dennis <laughs> Kleinbeck. And uh, here he is, Dennis. Take it away. Hey, guys. It's Dennis Kleinbeck from Germany. Um, and I just saw that uh, House of Cards um, Season 2 is scheduled for an October release in Germany, which means I have to wait half a year, uh, more than half a year, um, uh, to get the opportunity to... Uh, yeah, to watch season two, and you, uh, I, I believe it's it's uh, Saturday uh, when Netflix drops season two in America. It's it's just sad because we don't uh, get Netflix here in Germany. Um, yeah, I'm 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 really for a worldwide release when that everything every movie drops at the same date for everyone so everyone's at the same page uh and uh yeah it's it's sad but uh yeah i have to deal with it uh anyway are you planning to see the lego movie or have you seen it um because a lot of guys it got a lot of praise the last day so um yeah i'm really looking forward to see it because uh the trailer look uh looked awesome and uh I I think the um yeah, the stop motion and animation uh, they showed in the trailer were pretty much uh, the most creative thing I saw, saw the last years um in yeah I got I guess it's a children's movie but um I hope it's a pretty good one and I heard that it's a pretty good one so uh yeah really excited for it um anyway um have a great cast a great week and um Get off my back, stay arrogant, and uh, bye. <laughs> bye, Dennis. We love you, man. Get off my back. Uh, you went and saw this, didn't you? I did see it, and actually it's going to be one of my topics. So we're going to oh. save that for a little later in the show. Cool. But uh, the first question here, you know, companies want to deter pirating. It's like, if you're Dennis Kleinbeck, you're in Germany... And you're not going to get a show that is being released all at once to everybody in the United States through a digital source. And, uh, and you have no access to it till October. Like that only encourages pirating. It's like, well, I could wait till October or I could just download it for free from this site, from the pirate bay and then uh, get whatever I want. Yeah. It's a weird business model or yeah. lack thereof. It's uh, and you know, movies is one thing, but these digitally distributed television shows, which is basically the way that things are going. I mean, I would right. be very surprised if live TV is used for anything but infomercials, news, and uh, sports in five years. Like everybody who everybody watches their shows online now. So if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna have digital distribution, you got to do same day release. I I wholeheartedly agree with you, and I empathize with you, sir, because I love House of Cards. And uh, I can't wait to listen to it. And if you can't wait to listen to it, little plug here. Of course, the Bald Move Network is covering it. Aaron and Gino are Gino. <laughs> we play uh, Civ with Gino, or I'm sorry, Jim. Every week we play we play Civ with Jim every week. And he actually had to move Civ this week because he's waking up at 3 a.m. to binge watch House of Cards on Friday so that they can bring you podcasts on House of Cards. That's the dedication of this podcast network to your listening pleasure. So. Uh, watch out for the House of Cards podcast dropping this weekend uh, to, to accompany that. All right, man. That's our listener feedback for this week. You want, Are you ready to do a little Tiny Matt roll-off? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. 
Uh, we're each going to roll a 20-sided die to see who gets to speak first on the podcast this week, and here we go. I rolled a, I rolled a four, Whew. so I'm feeling pretty good about that. You should, man, because I rolled a 15, and a 15 ah, is one, and uh, negative one plus five is four. So technically, we almost rolled the same thing. Numerology. It means Napoleon Bonaparte is the devil. <laughs> that was a little War and Peace uh, deep cut for all you War and Peace fans out there. Love it. Thank you. Uh, we do have a lot of uh, Russians listening because of the Sochi Olympics. There's a big <laughs> influx of American podcasting. Just download all the podcasts you can find. One of them will be talking about the Olympics. <laughs> I can't read the title, so I just downloaded every podcast in English. How crazy would it be, though, if there was an Olympic athlete that listened to this podcast? Well, how many Olympic athletes are there? I mean, for all we know, Dennis Kleinbeck could be going to the biathlon track tomorrow. <laughs> all right. Well, for my first topic, I'm going to be talking about a video game. Here games. we go. Finish him. All right, this actually goes along with a question that uh, one of our listeners dropped on our ears this week, and it has to do with a little game brought to you by Blizzard Entertainment uh, that I started playing this week. And uh, Jesse, you have any idea what this what this game could be? Uh, Diablo? No. It actually comes to us from Kevin. He wrote, the, he wrote us this message. He says, hey, guys. I don't think you brought it up yet, but I have you tried out the beta of Hearthstone, the card game from Blizzard? I'm not super ah. familiar with all the other card games like Magic, but the beta is free to download, and it seems pretty fun so far. I was ho I was hoping that you think that I that I started playing uh, World of Warcraft. You'd be about uh, nine years late. On <laughs> yeah, that. that sounds like it's about me though. That's about me with video games. It's like, oh, nine years? Okay, I'll try it. It's gone through the battle I, test. Um, I, hear it's, I hear it's pretty good. I hear it's better than when I played it. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, okay, so I, I want to talk about this game, Hearthstone, because I heard about it on Polygon, and uh, I've been looking for some games to play, and I think that uh, my computer kind of sucks. So, <laughs> like, during the Steam sale, I bought, like, four games that I can't even play on my computer. But I got them in my back pocket until uh, I get a better computer. Yeah, take an upgrade. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so this Hearthstone game, I was like, yeah, I'll give it a whirl. It's free. So I signed up for my Battle.net account, and I got the free beta. And oh my goodness, this game is so great. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And, you know, this game is not only free, but it's also a free-to-play game, which means in-app purchases, right? It means in-game purchases. Ah, but I have put three, three and a half hours into this game and I haven't made a single in-game purchase yet. So are you, is it competitive or you're playing against a computer? Uh, there is a competitive mode, uh, or there's a, there's a, there's like a battle mode where you play against a computer. They call it practice. And then there's the play mode where it match makes you against a real person and you play against them. Uh huh. And they set you up pretty well with, like, getting extra decks and unlocking cards and unlocking... There's nine different classes that you can play as. 
um, that kind of align with all like the... Like biology, mathematics, yeah, exactly. English, that kind of thing? Yeah, my personal favorite is biochemistry. Oh, oh a hybrid class. Yeah, followed quickly by a life drawing. <laughs> um, because then your opponent is nude and then you have to draw them. No, oh. not classes uh, like that. Classes as in the World of Warcraft classes. So you have like a paladin, oh, gotcha. a mage, uh, you know, uh, a, a hunter. Um, there's uh, what's the guy with the plants and the animals? Druid. Yeah, druid. Um, so anyway, you, you basically play as each of these guys, and um, and it's kind of like a really scaled back Magic the Gathering in a lot of ways. So every uh, creature comes with a battlefield and they each have a power and a toughness um, but if you deal damage to a creature's toughness then it stays away so in in magic if you don't kill a creature it still retains all of its toughness in this one you can whittle down the toughness of each of the creatures mm -hmm. um, and then you can also attack a creature or you can just decide to attack the player and uh so you don't have to like go through a creature to get to a player. You can just directly attack a player. Um, this sounds a lot like Magic: The Gathering. It is. It's it's kind of a total Magic ripoff in That's a lot of ways. Well, it is, but at the same time, it I think that it's it's a game that can be picked up a little bit easier um, than Magic can, and I think that uh, I think the games go a lot faster. Um, even though you play with 30 health instead of 20 like you do in Magic the Gathering. Um, but the real thing that I really like about this game is, and the thing that I'm impressed with, because I'm not a Blizzard aficionado, the last Blizzard game I played was StarCraft 1. Mm. So I, I'm, I'm by no means a Blizzard aficionado, but the thing that blew me away about this game is the presentation is so good. And it's like... Uh, like the sound, the sound effects are amazing in this game. Like, I wish it could, I wish there was like an Oscar for sound design in a video game because the sound design is really, really good. Um, everything is like really tact, tactile and clicky and fun. And the, and the great thing about it is it really packs this whole, uh, experiential punch as a game, but it runs on my computer flawlessly. Right. It doesn't lag and my computer sucks. And it, it runs great, and it match makes really quickly, and uh, the whole experience has just been really good so far, um, to the point where I could see myself investing some money into this game. And when I say invest, mm. I mean paying money to play a video game, which I usually do. I don't, I don't think I, I rarely ever don't play money to play a video, pay money to play a video game, right? But you could get into this game for a very, very nominal cost, and uh, I think put a lot, a lot of hours into it. Have you been doing the multiplayer? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's supposed to uh, connect you with a player that is about at your level. And going into the match, uh, I lost my first three matches right away. Like I got, uh -huh. I got slaughtered. And this is after going through the story mode. And to go through the story mode, you have to unlock each of the classes. So you have to beat nine opponents, basically, to, to make it all the way through the story mode. Um, so I was feeling pretty confident going into the play mode, lose my first three matches, and I was like, screw this. But there are daily challenges that net you coins, so you don't have to buy coins. You can earn them by doing the daily challenges. And the daily challenge for that day was to win three matches in online multiplayer. So I, I lost my first three. Then I won my fourth one. So I was like, all right, well, I'll try one more. Totally got obliterated the fifth one. 
but then kept playing, and then I won my next three in a row. So I don't know if that means that it matched me better, um, or if it was matching evenly the whole time, because I'm basically four and four, which would actually mean that the matchmaking is pretty good. Because matchmaking doesn't mean that it matches you up with somebody that's terrible. It means you match up with somebody who's who's on your level. And I'm four and four in matchmaking. So for the most part, I'm, I've, I've just been really happy with this game. And uh, for no money, I have gotten a lot of enjoyment out of it. Like to the point where I'm like, well, I should give them some money for this, I think. Because uh, I've definitely bought games that were more expensive and played them less than this game. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean... Do you feel like uh, you get? Do you get an advantage over other players by spending money on it? I don't think so because I think that the online matchmaking is so good at matching you up with somebody who's on your level. And I also unlock. I unlocked four or five packs for free, basically, just going through the tutorials and learning the game. And usually, packs are what you buy. Um. How much is a pack? It's a dollar ninety nine for one, and I think you get like you get like uh, six for twenty dollars or something. Yeah, I'm just weary about this because I don't want to like I wouldn't want to get into a game and then be like, well, this I'm losing every time I play, or right. even if I'm not, if it's not every time, but it's like I had four good matches and four matches that I would have been able to win except for the guy had better cards because he spent more money. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the same thing that magic is. Exactly. And it, I, I'm completely with you there. And, um, and I think that Hearthstone does a really good job at not making you spend money to have fun. Mm-hmm. And apparently there's this other game that came out really recently called loadout, which is like a third person arena shooter, all, uh, you know, um, team fortress, um, that, uh, people are also saying the same thing. It's a free-to-play title. You can buy upgrades if you want, but you can spend no money and have fun playing it. Yeah, I guess it depends. I mean, you're having a good attitude about this. Yeah. But me, when I get hyper-competitive, like, that would ruin my day if I lost the game because because of something that I consider malarkey. You know, so just well. emotionally, I have to distance myself. <laughs> this is a competitive card game, Jesse. So you sorry will about lose. the strong language. No, I, that's what I'm saying. I mean, this is a competitive card game. It's a so which means that you're gonna lose to malarkey. You know, every time, most of the times you lose, you're gonna lose to some weird malarkey that happens, which is but just if, kind of the way it I works guess, in these types of games. I mean, Magic is kind of the same way. You're just like, well, I didn't have the cards and he did, and so I lost. But I don't think. Yeah, that but you... I get no. I get negative fun out of that. Like that drains yeah. fun out of my otherwise fun life. But the thing about it, and I know you know this with magic, is that if you lose that way, it just fuels you to want to keep playing. Right. Mm. See, like I, I play magic cards in a in like draft formats. Right. Because you know, then it's contained. Like you can't buy extra cards to win with. Well, then you're going to like this game because I mentioned the play mode. I mentioned the practice mode. Uh-oh, is there a booster draft there's mode? There's a third mode called arena mode, I believe it's called. In this mode, you draft a deck at the beginning, and um, you basically get a deck for for the cost of, of doing it. And it costs $1.99 to draft a deck, but the first time you draft a deck, it's free. They give you the first one free. Mm-hmm. And then you can go in, and you're always going to get a deck out of that that cost. I can totally get behind something like that. 
Yeah, and that's what it is. You draft it. Each deck is 30 cards because you don't have to worry about mana. Your mana automatically generates each turn. God, um, I wish Magic had something like that. Yeah, and it's great because you can actually plan out your hands a lot better. Like You can be like, okay, this is my one drop, this is my two drop, this is my three drop, because you know you're going to have that much mana each turn. Right. There's a lot of ripoff of Magic in this, but at the same time... <laughs> I. Are there like five colors, or does like each uh, class have its own so there, mana type? There are unit. No, the uh, all mana is colorless. But what's the what's 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 the verbiage they're using for this? They say mana. Oh really? Yeah. Wow, they are. They they're yeah. not even trying. Yeah, it's straight. There's a lot of straight magic ripoffs in this. The but... game is called Magic the Blizzard version. <laughs> magic the Blizzarding. Uh, uh, but they, uh, um, uh, oh, oh, so you're asking about, uh, colors and they don't really have colors, but they have class, they have nine different classes and depending on the class that you're playing, you can get special cards that pertain only to your class. And then there's Uh like a giant pool of common cards that everybody can use. This sounds pretty fun. You, you've really actually fun, sold me, and I, I feel like it would be something I could get into. Yeah. Doing the single player thing, just doing the daily challenges or whatever, and building fun decks. And, yeah. And then, like, if if there was, like, a small enough community or whatever, I mean, it'd be fun to get the guys together and be like, all right, buck 99, but we're going to do, like, this draft yeah. arena. So in the beta, there's no um, multiplayer. There's no... Uh, managed multiplayer. So you're not going to be able to do a a game with your friends. But I would, um, like I said, this is just the beta and it's a damn impressive beta. So Hmm. I, I, in the future, it'd be really great. Um, you know, if they do it and you know, as magic, I mean, magic is a juggernaut. Wizards of the coast is a juggernaut. Um, but they have to be looking at something like this with a built in audience that blizzard has and being like, okay, what are these guys doing? Right. Because, uh, I mean, I played duels with the planeswalker, duels of the planeswalkers, and uh, I like the Hearthstone experience a lot more. The Hearthstone experience it it gives you that CCG, uh, you know, kick that you're looking for, but in the setting of like an old Windows card game where you can just drop in at any time, play a match for ten minutes, win or lose, think about it a little bit, and uh, and then get out. If you want, or you could play it for two hours if you want. Like it's right. It's it's a great game and it's free to play. So I think everybody out there should go and try it. Um, and we, we've we I know we've been talking a lot about the game of football and specifically the Seahawks lately. So it's kind of nice. What? to get back I don't to, think we really have. Maybe. Uh, but it's it's nice to get back to real video <laughs> game talk and talk talk about this game. And I think this is a game that anybody could play. If you've never played one of these games before, there's no risk in signing up and playing for this game. Like it's free cool. and you can have a lot of fun playing the free version of it. So, um, I wanted to get into a little other thing about this uh, and maybe we'll talk about this in the future if, if you try the game, Jesse. But also, I actually really, you know me, I love, I've, I, in the past, I've loved to have the physical media, like to have the DVD, to have the physical disc of the game, to collect that stuff. Um, but Hearthstone has me really thinking about, um, digital ccgs and their future and how uh-huh. that's actually kind of great especially because this weekend uh this past weekend i cleared out of, and i literally have like a thousand magic cards and i was like trying to clean them out and i'm like jesus i have so many yeah <laughs> so, yeah i can understand the merits of that now yeah like i i don't like i have a bunch of magic cards sitting around not really doing anything mm-hmm. 
It's not like I go through them and like comb through them and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah uh, Chameleon Colossus, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm with you, man. So, so in the future, try this game, and I want to, I want to have a future discussion about um, CCGs and their future as an online digital platform. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll check that out this weekend. Do it, buddy. It's, uh, it's fun, man. I've had a great time with it. Uh, so Jesse, what's your, what's your first topic? I want to get into some science. Woo! If today we're able to create a two-headed dog with six legs, is it possible that a similar creature existed thousands of years ago? And I say yes. Great Scott. Great Scott. That cracks me up every time. It's always what funny. the hell is he going on about? <laughs> I think that that's a direct line from the evolution debate that Bill Nye did last week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was Bill Nye <laughs> yeah, talking. Exactly. Oh um, man, what's happening in so, science, bro? Uh, yeah, th- this is gonna be close to home for you because it happened in Seattle. All right. Uh, officials from the Burke Museum, which is uh, the museum that's associated with the University of Washington. It's on the UW campus. Yeah, so uh, those officials confirm that uh, construction workers have, in fact, uncovered a mammoth tusk that appears to date back to the Ice Age. What? Where? Yeah. Uh, It's in South Lake Union. Mm-hmm. So they're doing all that construction down there, and they found a mammoth tusk. How I love cool it. is that? That's so cool. They're sure it's not like a whalebone. I well, I mean, the officials from the Burke Museum have confirmed it. Well, so also, like, how would the whale get up on land? Well, I mean, you never know. The whole area was probably covered in water at one point. That's true. I do prescribe to the ancient water world theory. I. <laughs> I love Ice Age mammals. Yeah, Ice Age mammals are pretty pretty cool. They're the greatest ever. I mean, you had freaking woolly rhinoceroses roaming the plane, the Great Plains, next to bison. How yeah. beautiful and is mammoths. that? And mammoths. And mammoths. And in Seattle. <laughs> in the Seattle Times. Drinking their uh, tullies, mm-hmm. listening to Nirvana with their flannel on. Doing it big. Doing the whole Seattle experience. So here's... An interesting facet to this, mm-hmm. uh, because the fossil is on private property and does not seem to be associated with an archaeological site, it's up to the landowner to decide what they would like to do with the tusk. <laughs> Did you know that? I feel like there should be like some sort of scientific eminent domain where like, well, if you dig Jesse, up, but it's not just yours. I think that it happens if there's if there is a eminent scientific advantage towards studying the artifact i think that that mm. probably is it but dude yeah. they got mammoths up the yin yang they got mammoth <laughs> fossils every they got like that whole preserved mammal uh, mammoth that came out of russia yeah that's true they got mammoth they're they're swimming in mammoths they're like we don't even want it they're like magic cards they're like just give us a digital <laughs> copy of it just give us the digital tusk what would you do i would totally well, put it up in my house i think like i mean how could you not turn it into a wall hanging? Yeah. Mount the shit out of that. And I want it lengthwise. I want it sticking out of my wall. Is it legal? <laughs> I want it sticking out. Right. <laughs> um, out. Is it legal to own ivory? Well, 
I believe it's not. I believe elephant or, or uh, you know, rhinoceros horn is illegal to own. Uh-huh. And the reason why I think that is because when I was 12 years old, I used to watch a lot of Oprah when I got home from school. Like and, every healthy 12-year-old boy does. Yeah, I watched Rosie O'Donnell and Oprah. God. What can I say? There was the a only thing on. Or... What? Okay. This is, I didn't have cable, man. Okay. It was okay. either that, and then, and then, uh, you know, when Kong TV came on, then I started watching Beverly Hillbillies and Gomer Pyle USMC. <laughs> this was my childhood. Does it explain anything? Okay. So anyway, this guy on Oprah apparently had like this giant collection of foreign objects, and they like went through his house, and it was basically like a museum. It was this piece, but he had this uh, elephant's foot stool from like the 1920s, and it's a stool made out of an elephant's foot. It's like a I actually think it was a footrest, which is kind of, uh, you know, punny, because it's like a footrest made out of a foot. Anyway. I don't uh, think I get it. After it was on that show. Should uh, they have made a trunk? I, <laughs> a trunk out of the trunk? Uh, no, out of the foot. Oh, okay. Uh, they, after that show, Oprah did a follow-up and said that the EPA came and removed that elephant foot from his home because you can't have elephant artifacts. So, I would say no, in the United States, you probably cannot own any elephant-made artifacts. So, you can't have elephant artifacts, ivory, footstools, etc. I mean, the reason is, you know, they're they're an endangered species. Right. Arguably, woolly mammoths are way more in danger. (laughs) No, they're done. I think that they're done. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, there is a point where so like if they kill the last elephant, it, does it become okay to have an elephant foot footstool? Well, that's like saying, is it okay to have a dinosaur bone in your house? Right, because dinosaurs are also extremely endangered. Mm-hmm. No, they live on as alligators. <laughs> I guess woolly mammoths live on as elephants. Exactly. I don't know if that's true or not. Actually, I think that might be totally wrong, what I just said. Nah, there's no way to know. Anyway, <laughs> the the idea here, of course, is what are we going to do with this tusk? And, and yes, you have to mount it. I think that that's what you have to do, is mount it, and then preferably paint a mural behind it so that it's a woolly mammoth mural, oh, and then the 3D tusk is coming out of the wall. That would be so cool. Because presumably this is a South Lake Union landowner, which means that they're sitting on a lot of valuable prop- property, which is wanted by Amazon because they're buying up everything in South Lake, South Lake Union. You have to assume that this guy has some cash on hand that, that he can mount this thing in his home and create an awesome mural. Like, think about the great mural you could have. You could have, like, the woolly mammoth, the woolly rhino, the you could throw in a giant sloth, You could and then have, like, the Neanderthals, like, hunting it on the plains. <laughs> It'd be great. Yeah. Then you could get some real uh, Neanderthal... Um, right. Artif- artifacts, yeah. although I, I think they were Homo sapiens, or the... Yeah, they were what Neanderthals. Neanderthals. Cro-Magnons. Cro-Magnons. Yeah, Neanderthals were European. Right. Yeah. Um, Anywho, it's pretty cool, right. I mean, and uh, the museum is offering to ex- excavate it if they could study it. Yeah, why not, man? Bird Museum's actually a pretty small little museum, so... Yeah. Um, but I like it, because also the Bird Museum does a lot of Native American um, research, of of ancient right. Native American tribes, so uh, I think this would fit right in because obviously these 
woolly mammoths lived with Native Americans in Western Washington, which is pretty cool. I mean, but other mm-hmm. things, other things you can do with this tusk if you're not going to mount it, which you should do. I think make it into a really awesome cribbage set. <laughs> you can bring out, or you could have little spears for the pegs. Exactly. Oh, I like it. I like. You it. could cut it up and turn it into coasters. <laughs> I mean, you could also just use toothpicks, but that's a little spot on. <laughs> uh, I like the coaster idea, but it does demolish the whole thing, and they'd yeah, be it does. huge coasters. It could be the world's coolest chainsaw carving. Oh my! <laughs> turn it into a Seahawk. Just car- <laughs> give it to that uh, chainsaw carver guy and turn it into a Seahawk. Yeah, I love it. Uh, hood ornament, of course. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking hood ornament. Yeah, it's a little dangerous. I just love the idea of like going through Texas, like pulling up at the hood ornament convention in Austin, Texas, and like there's a bunch <laughs> of dudes with their giant, you know, steer horns, mm, and then you just- longhorn steer original. Mm, yeah. Check this out. <laughs> It's my I had to make man. the other one out of paper mache. <laughs> no, you just stick oh. it out of the front, man. Just the straight yeah, one. Stick it right out of the front, and then the whole car is woolly. Oh. I think that's what you have to do now. Mm-hmm. But it'd have to be like the Possum Lodge van from Red yeah. Green. Yeah, or like that giant dog uh, van from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. yeah. Except it's <laughs> a woolly mammoth. mammoth. Mobile. <laughs> <laughs> or you could turn it in. You could turn the mammoth mobile into a Paleolithic uh, food truck. Oh, that's a good idea. Paleo diet. Yeah. Paleo only food diet truck? food truck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's what you do with it. I don't know. I do have one more idea, Jesse. I don't know if you like this or not, but you grind it down mm-hmm. till it's soluble. And then you uh, put it in some beer, make mammoth beer. Ah, brew with it. Yeah. You could also make like a mash paddle, turn it into a brew tool. There you go. That'd be cool. I just love the idea of like Ice Age winter ale and (laughs) uh, with real mammoth tusk. Brewed with real real chunks of mammoth tusk in every bottle. That's pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think either that or the food truck. Mm Mm-hmm. I like the full food truck, the Mammoth Mobile food truck. And, like, it has to have spears sticking out of the back of it. Yeah. <laughs> Lumbering down the, the road. Yeah. <laughs> we should just do this anyway. I, I, you know, actually, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Any other science news this week? Um, That's it, I All think. Right. All right. I love the idea, man. I, now we've done. We, we're just full of ideas. We got uh, geek seek. We got yeah. the, the bend uh, growlers. What's we, the name for the food truck, though? Mammoth mobile. Oh, okay. Yeah, duh. Mammoth duh. mobile Sorry. paleo food truck. Yeah. Do it. All right. That means it's time for trivia. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, Genus One of Trivia Pursuit. I'm going to be rolling a six-sided die to see which category we're doing this week. It is a three. It is history, Jesse, and I uh, always have to remind the listeners that Jesse has a bachelor's degree in history. I think I may. Actually, the university came and took it away after last time we did this. (laughs) This is your your refresher test. You have to pass it in order to retain Uh, your history degree. They gave me all the money back that I spent on the degree, though, so that was nice. That is nice. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe you can always uh, just be, have a literature degree, and then you'll have to go in arts and literature. There you go. Oh, all right, Jesse. This question is for you. Please play along at home. What was the headline? Hmm. I feel like we've had this one. I think we've just like done so many of these questions. We need a new Trivial Pursuit. Okay, Jesse, try this one. What Israeli prime minister spent two years in a Russian concentration camp? Uh, I'll go with Ben-Gurion. I'll go with uh, um, Netanyahu. Which is that? It is Menachem Begin. Oh, Begum. Yeah, that one. Uh, so, man, you're you're still flexing your muscles in the fact that you know how to pronounce that. Yeah, I did take a, uh, a history of the Arab-Israeli conflict class, so wow. I probably should have known that. All right, this one's for me. How did cow puncher? What did cow punchers use to protect their legs? Cow punchers? Cow punchers. It's what does that even mean? It means you go and you punch cows. Oh, okay. You punch them in their dumb cow heads. <laughs> uh, what are Your these? Suck. You're not a mammoth punch. <laughs> a punch. <laughs> this sounds like an episode of Adventure Time. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, what do you call those things? Uh, uh, oh, great pod here. Um, leather chaps, chaps. Yeah, chaps is what I was gonna say. I guess I'll go with like greaves, greaves, chaps. Got it. Ow. Oh, All right, Jesse. This question's for you. Who is accused? What is a cowpuncher? <laughs> yeah, what is a cowpuncher? That's the main question. I just love the idea. Like the thing that that blows my mind is that cows were once wild animals. Like they're yeah, just, they were a lot different back then, though. They're just walking around, and I bet you that's what cowpunchers do: is they domesticate wild cows by punching them in the head. Ah, uh, yeah, that make that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What you know, it's all you know. Dogs came from wolves, right? It's not that weird for me to think that, like, oh yeah, some humans like buddied up with some wolves and whatever. And yeah, but it is weird came- for me to think that a chihuahua came from a wolf. That is weird. But what's weirder is the first human that decided to hang out with big cats. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this cat. That well, was a crazy person. No, there were small cats too, like ocelots. Oh, uh, like still. Yeah. Well, and and the thing is, cats are really not even still domesticated. Like yeah, they're they, they're pretty wild. You don't have a cat as a pet. A cat lives with you. Mm-hmm. Who who's walking who? Yeah. Uh, cow punchers hanging out and telling stories during branding time. Oh, God, branding time? Mm-hmm. Yikes. That's a sequel to Adventure Time. <laughs> oh. All right, Jesse, this question's for you. Who is the accused in the trial of the century, which opened January 1st, 1935? Uh, who was accused? Yeah, that's a tough one. 1935. I don't know. It's it's got to be something about like the Lindbergh baby. Yeah, that was the trial of the century. I have no idea who the defendant was though. S- some stupid cowpuncher. Yeah, cowpuncher Joe, I believe. Uh, his name mm-hmm. is Bruno Richard Hauptmann. Bruno Richard Hauptmann. Alias Bruno Mars. Yep. All right. This question for me. If I get it, I win it. Uh, what FBI operation sent agents disguised as Arabs fishing for crooked congressmen? I actually know this one because I watched American Hustle, the David O. Russell movie, and they called it... Oh, shit. 
what do they call it? Uh, uh, oh, um, uh, Abscam, Abscam. Yeah, I'll go with con- Contra. Iran Contra. Abscam is it. Thank you, David O. Russell, and your movie American mm. Hustle. David O. Hustle. Well, there. I don't. Uh, so I gotta deal with these guys. Okay. That was a little goof I did there. Nice. Thanks. Who who was it? The people taking my history degree. Oh, I got it. Okay. <laughs> I literally just thought you were talking to Elsa. Yeah, yeah, I was yelling at my daughter. I don't have it. I don't have it. Oh man, that was funny. There's a comic book called Cow Puncher. Oh, cool. This is it about a guy who punches cows? Uh, it's got a cowboy and a busty lady with a dress that's too low, mm-hmm. and she's tied up. I think that's the definition of busty. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, well, anyway, uh, check that out if you are curious, and uh, we're going to move on to my second topic, which is movies! Do you know what nemesis means? Alright, well, I teased it twice so far, but I am going to be talking... About the Lego movie this week. Uh, Lego movie, uh, quick, uh, review, awesome. Yeah. Just great. Just really good. Um, and I know everybody's saying that, but there are a couple of reasons that I really, really love this movie. First of all, um, it's about Legos. And Jesse, I, I gotta think that you're, you're gonna be seeing this movie. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tasha and I were talking about maybe going and seeing it this weekend, but like, I, I'm, my daughter's still too young to take to the movie theater. Yeah. So then it was like, well, it, it would be weird for us to like drop off our daughter and go watch a kids movie together. So I think we're gonna see her <laughs> instead. Yeah, I actually wanted to see her because it was playing at the same theater, and it was starting right after the uh, right after the Lego should, movie. So I wanted you to do a done the feature. old like. Uh, you know what oh, do they call it movie snake? hopping or whatever yeah whatever it is it's, it was like a tiny theater though so oh. what i felt kind of bad about but not well, whatever about uh, lydia wasn't up for the double feature but um but dude like you love legos right i mean i have a mm-hmm. i have a i have a good relationship with legos but uh i think that you love legos yeah, I I like Legos more than I probably should. That was like the first thing I did when I found out that I was going to be a father was I went and bought some Legos, yep. some Star Wars Legos, because I'm like, these are dope, and my future child is going to enjoy these. And then I took them to a bar and just started playing with them on the on the, on the the bar counter. Did anybody come and talk to you? Well, the bartender was right there. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I wish I was playing with Legos right now. This is the thing about this movie is that uh, full of kids 5 to 7, like 50% yeah. kids 5 to 10, probably, 5 to 10, and then 50% people 25 to 35. Right, Equal yeah. amounts. It's, we all grew up on Legos. Yeah. 
And, and Jesse, so you love Legos, but you have not seen this movie. What would okay. you want from the Lego movie? Um, I guess I would want like some cool construction related stuff where like they build things from Legos in the movie, like mm-hmm. deconstructing props and building other props. Yep. I would like construction to be part of a, like a theme. Okay. So, uh, anything then, else? I I mean, I watched the trailer. I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what the movie's going to be like from the trailer. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I ex- I. I kind of want to just feel like I'm in the Lego world. Like I am a little Lego minifigure. <laughs> I think I could say check and check on this one, dude. Oh, like, all right. Both of those things actually play really big into this. Into this. And I don't want to give you any spoilers because I, I know you, you need to see this movie. It's so good. Um, I'm not too worried about spoilers on this one. Okay. But I think that I really think that you need to to understand the magic of the movie. You you need to not have spoilers about it. Okay. Okay. Um, but there is like a very magical element that really puts you in the shoes of like you as a kid playing with Legos and like I, I you know I had a couple Lego sets. I I distinctly remember I had a pirate set because I had the little shark guy. The little oh, shark yeah. Lego guy, which was awesome. Um, and like, yeah, I would, I would, you know, take it out of the box, follow the instructions, build the thing. But then after I was done with that, I was just, I would just start messing around and building whatever I wanted. Right. Yeah. That's a free for all. And really, like, uh, that's what a, ba- that's what Legos are is like, Legos are an embodiment of American or, you know, Western child imagination. Like I feel right. like they they are represent they are a representation of that, um and 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 what that embodies and like how these little bricks that create these blocky, not really realistic shapes and vehicles and houses and landscapes, uh, how they still capture that imagination and even building something out of these things that doesn't really look like. I mean, it resembles, but it's not a one-to-one recreation like a model would be. It it allow yeah. it allows you to fill in those gaps to round off those corners with your own imagination, and there's a lot right. of power in that. And uh, anyway, that's just Lego, and this movie kind of does the same thing. It kind of embodies that same uh, that same ability for you to embody that imagination. And and that's like the root of this movie. I I I couldn't love it more. I could. I really couldn't. Um, I'm really excited to watch this. And and there's a couple like some great things that have transpired. Like when I honestly when I first heard of the Lego movie, I groaned because this is following movies like Battleship and Transformers <laughs> franchise. So great movies. You're like, yeah. how could they possibly live up to such great movies? <laughs> how could they? Um, so anyway, but this is, this is following up those ones. And, uh, and so I, I, I groaned a little bit, but I found some hope after watching a movie called 21 Jump Street. And Jesse, have you seen 21 Jump Street? No, but I, someone recently was telling me it was really good and I was like blown away. Yeah. 21 Jump Street is a good movie. <laughs> Yeah, like that's to me. It's funny. It like I was really, I really enjoyed it. Like I, I, I rented it as like a as like a cheap rental, 
Um, not really expecting much, but just wanting a comedy. And I got so much more than I expected because it's actually pretty great. I, I really like 21 Jump Street, a remake of an 80s show. Um, the guys who did 21 Jump Street directed the Lego movie. Mm. They also directed Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which was... Uh, like, I like that movie a lot. Yeah. So that, that was their first uh, directorial debut. And then uh, before that, their only directorial credit before Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs was Clone High, which is one of my unsung animated series that I loved so much. I've never actually seen that. Uh, from It was from the early 2000s. It only ran for 13 episodes. It was on MTV. And it was about clones of famous figures. Right. There's like Abraham Lincoln clone. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln, Gandhi, JFK, Cleopatra, um, and a few others. Uh, and I love that show. It was so good. And they were basically able to roll that into, um, into getting, you know, that was kind of their, their start to get into this directorial thing. And they knocked it out of the part with these adaptations that should be, um, Hollywood, you know, uh, established, uh, money making, make your budget back and then a little bit more, uh, uh, recreations of these original franchises. Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs was a book. 21 Jump Street, of course, was a show from the 80s. And then the Lego movies is a, is a movie based on a toy. If you're, if you're looking at these, you're like, okay, maybe the book movie will be okay, but it's a children's book. It's, you know, 20 pages and they're going to turn <laughs> this into a two hour movie. Yeah. It's a little bit of a groan thinking about that. They nailed it. Uh, you're going to re, you're going to remake an 80s TV show, which we've seen over and over Dukes of Hazard. Uh, right. You know, uh, Beverly Hillbillies. And these aren't from the 80s, but remakes of old TV shows as movies. 21 Jump Street actually does it right and it's funny and it's good. And then, so, so you've, you've done the remake of the children's book. You've done the remake of the eight, of the, of the past TV show. And then you're like, oh, we're just going to make a movie based on a toy. And uh, the <laughs> aforementioned Transformers, the aforementioned Battleship. And, uh, and god damn it, they just knock it out of the park. They just it's, do it. It's, they're, these are getting progressively more challenging for them, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you just are going to go to them and be like, we want you to make Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Okay, there's there's a good amount of story there, obviously. It's <laughs> yeah. a, a lot of people grew up on that, and, you know, it's got a plot and characters and everything. Okay, 21 Jump Street. Ooh, okay, 80s TV show. <laughs> Gonna turn that into a movie. Uh, okay, do it. Lego. Uh, That's it. Just like we want you to make Lego the movie. Yeah, exactly. Like, what's next? What's what's the next challenge? Like, I think the uh, next one's got to be Streptococcus. Well, I was thinking kitchen appliance. <laughs> like, just go wa- waffle maker the movie. <laughs> KitchenAid mixer the movie. Exactly. <laughs> the best three hundred dollars that somebody else spent on you. <laughs> KitchenAid mixer the movie. <laughs> no one, no one's ever bought themselves a no. KitchenAid mixer. No one's ever bought themselves a KitchenAid mixer. <laughs> That's like the best part about getting married is just the KitchenAid mixer. That's how you know yeah. someone is married is if you go to their house and there's a KitchenAid mixer. <laughs> they are definitely married. Anyway, uh. um, <laughs> so anyway, gotta give a shout out. It's it's Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. These guys are hitting it out of the park, and I can't wait to see. Well, next they got 22 Jump Street, so we'll see how that goes. Right. They've already done Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs too, which I, I... Oh, no, I know what their next big challenge is. What? 
in this sequel fever world we live in, yeah. they've just signed on to Megablocks. <laughs> Actually, dude, uh, Duplo does play a factor in this movie. Yeah, well, I mean, Duplo is kids' Lego. Yeah. Megablocks is poor kids' Lego. Oh, no. That's what I... <laughs> I have me some Mega Blocks mixed in. It didn't fit right. I know that's wonky. the problem. It's like, oh god, the Mega, and they were like the cheap plastic. They were like lighter than Legos. Yeah, yeah, they were lighter. Yeah, the the colors. It was yeah. like the color, the plastic of a Lego b- brick is like consistent throughout, and but it's Lego, shiny. like Mega Blocks would have like wavy stuff in it. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know this movie made sixty, sixty or seventy million dollars this first weekend, because like I said, it appeals to the great demographic. It appeals to kids, which means their parents are coming, and it also appeals to twenty-five to thirty-five year olds. So you're it's hitting a lot yeah. of demos with this one. Yeah, uh, and there's a lot of Lego crossover. is just raking in the money right now. Yeah, and so there's definitely going to be a Lego movie too. So they might be on that train too. So anyway, shout out to them. And then I also just got to tell this really cute story about kids being afraid of movie theaters. Can I, can I, okay, before you do that, I, I got an idea for Lego Movie 2. Okay. Because, have you seen the Lego Creator sets? No, what are those? It's pretty cool. It's like a, a set of Legos that's kind of getting back to basics. Mm-hmm. And it it's like, with all the pieces that they give you, they give you like three different cool things oh, yeah. you can make with it. Yeah. They should do like a Lego Creator movie where it's like, all the plot devices are the same, but like kind of rearranged to make three different movies. Mm. That's what I would do. Anyway, <laughs> kids, kids in the theater. Oh, yeah. So anyway, there was this kid. So the theater was packed. And I got sat next to these two like 12-year-olds who were like sitting apart from their dad. Oh. So like their dad was away from them. And he was bringing them candy and then leaving. What? Yeah. Because they don't want to sit by their dad, because that's, like, lame, man. And they were chewing with their... That shit's not going to fly in my house, by the way. And they were... I know. When I was in sixth grade, I went on my first date. Went and saw Space Jam. My dad (laughs) sat right next to me. That's awesome. Dad on one side, date on the other. Uh Uh-huh. But, anyway, these two, like, snot-nosed 12-year-olds with braces, chewing Mamba with their mouths open, were right next to me. And also talking at normal volume. To each other the whole time. Dude, this is... You, those kids, that is the ripe age for some stranger to put them in their place in a way that they'll remember for the rest of their life. Well, that's what I was thinking. Is like, okay, I'm a 28-year-old dude. I got a beautiful wife sitting next to me. Uh-huh. I got a job. I, got, I came to this movie on my own volition. I didn't pay to listen to these two Yahoos doing their Yahoo thing. And if <laughs> I told them, if I turned to them and I was like, dude, you guys need to shut up. They're probably like, oh shit, this dude. Exactly. This dude. Like, we are out of line. Because, like, who else do you want to impress more when you're 12 years old than, like, older guys, right? <laughs> what? I'm just saying, okay. like, no, what I'm saying is, like, I mean, obviously you want to impress girls, but, like, if an older guy is like, dude, you guys are being uncool. Yeah. Then you're like, but, like, not too old. Like, you can't be, like, adult age. And I don't know. Maybe right, I'm going right, into. Right. Maybe I'm. Maybe no, I'm, I know what you mean. Maybe I'm too adult to do this. If I was, like, if I was like 22, then I'd be, like, the crux of this. Yeah. But, but you I'm were saying, 22. Like, yeah. If I, if I were, like, an, if, like, an older guy, like, an 18-year-old dude comes up to you and is like, dude, you're being so uncool right now. When you're 12 years old, you're like, oh, shit. Like, hey. I need to reset hey, my hey, whole hey, button broskies? here. 
you're being totally uncool. Yeah. I know. I'm a lot like you. I love Justin Bieber, too. I love <laughs> e- eating uh, licorice with my braces on. But you're being a little bit uncool right now, and I just think that it's time for you to chill. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, so anyway, that's how I would handle that. That was to me. Sitting next to Lydia was like this family and this really nice lady. And she had her son there. And she's like, yeah, we already tried to go see one movie. And he got a little too scared. He's like probably about three years old. So we'll see. Hopefully, you know, he plays with Lego. So hopefully he'll be able to watch this movie and associate it with the toys that he plays with. And then not get too scared. Kid got scared five minutes into the movie. Oh. And then book Dude, it. I got so fucking scared during Hocus Pocus. Dude, me too. Disney movies in general. That was like traumatic to me watching <laughs> Hocus Pocus. <laughs> or you can, I mean, to this day, I still, to this day, I still cannot think about the scene in Home Alone where he steps on the nail. <laughs> I can't even think about it. in the theater? Oh, yeah, I'm sure I did. Yeah. And also, it, it was one of three VHS tapes that my family owned when I was a kid. No, had, I remember. Well, yeah, we had that. We had my uh, sister had to turn away during that. Oh, I close my eyes every no, time. We had home I'm alone. Remembering had, my, sorry, I'm re- I'm remembering my sister also stepped on nails twice oh! as a kid. See, I didn't even do that. I just couldn't take the stabby stuff. Yeah, like I we had Home Alone, Honey I Shrunk the Kids, and Aladdin. That was my home VHS collection as a child. Anyway, but this kid, <laughs> like, like this is the thing you have to worry about, and you as a new father. Uh, like, when do you take your kid to the theater? And I think you're going to have to do some trial runs. Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah? It's just not fair, it's especially now. Because they had to leave. They had to leave. Totally not fair. These parents had to leave. They left. Yeah. Because the child got too scared. And she turned to us, she said, I think this this movie is a wash. We've already, we've already like, imagined this money is just a waste. Just yeah. to see if our child can come. And it's the second time they did it. To see if their child can sit through a child's movie. Yeah, I, I don't. I think three is still way too young. Mm-hmm. It's, it'll be more like five or six. Yeah, the kid was hugging a giant uh, popcorn, and it was the size of his torso. That's how small this Aww, kid was. That's cute. When uh, right before I, I had my daughter, uh, my the head brewer, who's a father, he was like. Yeah, my one piece of advice is you guys should go and watch a bunch of movies right now. It was when, <laughs> when Tasha was like nine months pregnant. Like, yeah, just go yeah. watch a bunch of movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the part I'm, I'm, I'm dreading about becoming a father. Eventually. Well, uh, yeah. There's <laughs> there's definitely other stuff you should dread more than that. Mm. Yeah, the that, poop. That's really not, that's like, that's like a nothing on the scale of things. There's definitely the, the poop. I'm a little afraid of the poop. The poop's not that bad, especially at first. I think you baby get poop. Of, like yeah. when babies are breastfeeding, their poop smells like nothing. Oh, it's yeah. when they start eating solid foods. So it's, it's like nature- oh, that's a stank. That's a it's, stanker. It's nature's way of easing you into it. <laughs> it totally is. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jesse. What's your second topic? Oh, uh, I don't have a good category for this. Um, social commentary. Social commentary. Nice. Uh, so, there was a restaurant owner in um, Oklahoma who's yep. also a white supremacist named Gary James. Gary James, famous white supremacist he, restaurant owner. Yeah. Um, 
He declared last week that his Oklahoma establishment, uh, Gary's Chicaros, which I like Chicaros, I've never yep. heard of. It sounds like a Spanish word. Yep. Sounds like Texas. Anyway. Or Oklahoma Mex. He said that, yeah, Oak Mex. He yep. said Gary's Chicaros was off limits to gay people <laughs> and uh, black people uh-huh. and the disabled and people on welfare. And uh, his restaurant started people to get on welfare? a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he, like, went on the news. He was interviewed. Uh-huh. Yeah. And basically said people on welfare aren't welcome there because they should stay home and spend his tax money at home, mm-hmm. not in his restaurant. Yeah. What? Anyway. Right. I, just the logic on that doesn't make sense. Like, if you're worried right. about your tax money being misspent then you should be like come spend it at my establishment i'll get some of it back <laughs> anyway i don't have i i think that this guy may have a problem with logic yeah might have a little problem with logic yeah yeah um so he got a bunch of reviews on facebook and yelp <laughs> but they were not negative reviews they oh, were man. my favorite sarcastic oh sarcastic positive uh, yeah, sarcastic positive. I feel like this needs to be a and d alignment. <laughs> Are you chaotic good? No, I'm sarcastic positive. <laughs> exactly. But really good guess. <laughs> yeah, great guess, man. You you really guessed it out of the park. <laughs> guessed it out of the park. So um, it kind of became like a LGBT uh, viral trend to... Mm give this guy like super pro gay reviews so one of them is like if you enjoy a long hunk of man meat with your well done cow meat the chicaro club is a place for you gary has truly outdone himself with the flamboyant free atmosphere in in his place (laughs) another one goes gary doesn't serve tube steak but he asks for yours when you walk in the door but don't ask to use his back door he saves that for minorities pretty cool gay bar though (laughs) So I, <laughs> I love this. This is like my favorite thing that the, you can do on the internet is the sarcastic, positive, yeah. social commentary, like progressive movement thing. Well, okay. So there's a couple sides to this because uh-huh. this is actually something I'm trying to guard myself against lately. Uh-huh. Is, is doing it or being invulnerable to it? No, the thing that I've been trying to guard... So, the initial time when you told me about this story is that the initial thing that I wanted to think, and and it's something I'm working on, because I get... I You know, so I don't think it's any surprise here. I live in Western Washington. We've legalized gay marriage and pot, and today our governor uh, just put a a stay on the death penalty in the state. And Which I didn't think there was a death penalty. Oh in Washington. yeah, Washington has death as death penalty. I when when I heard that I was like, what? Yeah. I okay. So anyway, call me a bleeding heart liberal, but the one thing that I feel like bleeding heart liberals, um, th- that we as a community do and we love is hate reading stuff <laughs> and uh, being outraged by it. Uh-huh. It's like, I want to find, it's kind of like this Coca-Cola controversy, this Coca-Cola commercial controversy. You know, 90% of the, 95% of the people in this country watch that commercial and they either forgot about it because they were rooting too hard for the Seahawks, like me, <laughs> or 
I think most people. That yeah. was the case or for just, most people. Or right? just didn't give a shit. Like, like I mean, whatever. It's a Coke commercial. It's there. You know, we like to buy the world a Coke. It's it's like it's like the new version, the modern version of that commercial. I understand where they're coming from from an advertising standpoint. And yeah, I mean, it's a good commercial. I liked it. I thought it was it was heartwarming. It was it gave me a lot of patriotic pride in this country. But whatever. But then we have to like focus on all these people who are like, oh my god, I don't want the America the beautiful beautiful being sung in other languages. And it's like, guys, this is such a small part of the population. It's like what Patton Oswald has said. Uh, that, you know what, the good guys always outnumber the bad guys. It's like, you, you, we don't have to sit back and be so outraged by this shit. Like, right. it's kind of a, this liberal pacifism that I see that's kind of endemic, uh, in liberalism is like, well, I'm gonna be outraged by it, but I'm not gonna actually do anything about it. I will write the, the niftiest Facebook posts about this. But, I mean, what do you do? Like, I'm gonna go out and buy extra Cokes. Well, first of all, you don't give a shit. You you have to you have to pick your battles. This is like anything, right? You 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 win your battle before you even get there. So if you're battling against the bigots of this country, you already lost because they don't use logic. So you you lost, <laughs> yeah, that's true. right? Uh, right. So anyway, uh, anyway, this. It, it, but you got to resort to a different tactic yes. instead of just going on Yelp and being like, "I don't like this guy's." Uh, yeah. Beliefs about the world. So that's what I love about this is that it goes. Beyond the liberal pacifism and the liberal activism, which is, we're going to turn this guy's establishment into a gay bar, <laughs> which is awesome. Let's yeah. do that instead. Yeah, so uh, one of these uh, liberal activists said, uh, this place was Fabu, best little score house in Enid where everything is A-OK. Get it? Like, OK, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. uh, I was told to dress up in whatever makes you feel sacrilicious because everyone is welcome at Chi Chi's and so we did <laughs> uh, it's so good I love yeah. this stuff no and that's I'm glad a, that's I'm glad a, that's going on I love it I mean like I said this is actually turning your snarky Facebook comment into something that is useful yeah and exactly it, yeah it that's, even that's be that true useful, but at least it's fun like, like I, Facebook is such an echo chamber too because oh, yeah. It's a selective group of people who already share common right. interests with you and stuff. And yeah. It, you're not really reaching out there when you're commenting on your own Facebook because it's like, well, I'm kind of just preaching to the choir. Exactly. It's a preacher. But, it's a preaching to the choir round. And it's like, okay, I'm going to get here. I'm going to get a bunch of likes. I'm going to get the endorphin rush for that. But the fact of the matter is you got to get out there and do shit if you really care about it. It's like... I, I can't be outraged about these people because they are such a small, tiny group of people and they don't right. really matter. Like, yeah. obviously, if I have this many people in my network who all agree and then there's like one random dude that from Oklahoma that I've never heard of that doesn't. I'm not going to Why am I even friends with Gary James? Yeah, why am I friends with I mean, I know I went to high school with him, but I, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> 40s. Yeah. <laughs> oh, surprise, surprise, it's an old guy. I'm sorry. This this turned into my social commentary soapbox. I overtook your social commentary. Oh, no, but it's I, fine. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, and it, it goes along with, like, today they had the anti-surveillance day. And, like, the top thing on Reddit today was, today we take a stand against surveillance online. 
And it's like, dude, if if you think that just upvoting this comment is taking a stand, then you <laughs> don't understand what taking a stand means. I didn't just I didn't just upvote it. I also um, created a user account so that all my upvotes can be tracked easily with the click of a button. Yeah. Protest of online surveillance. <laughs> like I, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not against the cause. I'm against the execution. Right. Like back in the day, man, in the '60s, that's why people like loved the '60s because, like, right, there was so much. There was social turmoil. It was a tidal wave of yeah. social issues and civil rights coming on top, and it was just like. A, a big mash of people getting involved, and today people get involved by writing a Facebook post, and it just it derails me. Yeah, no, I agree with you a hundred percent, and especially when you look at things like sit-ins in the South yes. and like the, like the these, civil rights yes. movement, and like they did the risks people t- took, uh, you know, risking their own life and protection and their families really because they needed to do something, and they did, and they enacted change with it it's inspiring and today like people are just lazier today it's almost like a civ thing where it's like okay well we got the internet so Uh that's plus happiness (laughs) and people aren't gonna revolt and we also got uh you know tv shows at the click of a button off of netflix so that's plus on your happiness and (laughs) well i could go to this sit-in but uh how's the cards just dropped yeah, so, so I'm going to have to sit this one out, if and, you know what I mean. And by the way, guys, I'm not saying that I'm not invulnerable in this conversation. I'm just saying that I'm trying to be more cognizant of it. Yeah, like, that's kind yeah of self-awareness one of the is the first step. That's one of the things. I just want to be more self-aware and, like, really be... And, you know, it's a Daily Show generation because, like, you see all the hypocrisy that they expose on the Daily Show. And you're like, this shit is bullshit. And it's great. Right. I mean, The Daily Show does it better than anybody does. But when uh, BuzzFeed says, watch this, this video will change your perspective on books. It's like, no, it won't. Stop with this. Stop. <laughs> Just stop. What could that possibly be? I saw a post today. It was Reggie Watts will change your perspective on books. And I'm like, I love Reggie Watts. I think he's a, I think he's a comedic and musical genius. But guess what, guys? Today is not the day that I change my perspective on books. I feel like I have a pretty solid grasp on the concept of books. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be overturned with one yeah. 90-second video. I saw another one. It's like, every couple needs to watch this video before they get married. And I was like, mm. well, I guess I'm screwed then because I didn't watch it. Yeah. And yeah, didn't that's why it. everyone in the forties all got divorced. Exactly. I didn't watch that video. Didn't have that video. I mean, you were Did in you a watch very small window. No, I didn't watch it. Oh, I want to know what it is now. Because I was gonna hate watch it, and then I stopped. I stopped myself. Hate no, watching. No, that's good. You know, I do that too. Yeah. Ugh, I I need to pull myself out of hate reading, hate watching situations. Yep. And actually, because- Lydia did the same thing because she, she watched. Like Gawker and Jezebel, like they do a great job. I mean, I like, they they have a good perspective, but they do so much perpetuating of this hate watching shit. Right? Like, Watch this asshole say this terrible thing. And it's like, <laughs> no. How about we just don't give him the platform? Yeah, totally. How about that? Yeah, it's it's like I I've been browsing uh, Reddit NFL because like I need I I still need another bump like. 
Right. I'm still addicted to this NFL thing, but it's like <laughs> lists. Uh, so what's the list of the 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 best quarterback, the best young quarterbacks? And it'll be like a list of seven guys, and Russell right. Wilson will be at the bottom. It's like oh, he's just overrated. Blah blah. I'm, like, I, why am I looking at the? This is pissing me off. Like, yeah. I knew yeah. what I was getting into. No, it was not. Yeah, exactly. Like, you knew you were going to look for where Russell Wilson was and either be really excited that he's at number yeah. one or be pissed off that he's at any other level than number one. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, your your opinion doesn't exactly jive with mine. No. Yeah, this is like a household thing. Because, like, yeah, Lydia stopped reading the Gawker Network sites. And, like, Gawker does a good job. I think io9 is actually a pretty good shot. Kotaku does a pretty good job of journalism. But even Deadspin, like, there's just so much of this, like... Ugh, just stop being this way. Just report on stuff and make us happy instead of just making us pissed off. We have this, like, we have this sadomasochist view of, like, I want to be so pissed off right now. Just piss me off as much as possible. Like, what is that? I don't know. Anyway. Because there is some sort of satisfaction out of hate-watching stuff. Well, it makes you feel superior. It makes you say, well, Mm, at least I'm better than that guy. Yeah, totally. And it's like, actually, I'd rather just... Like there's a there's power in humility. There's power in saying, you know what, this guy's actually better than I am. And there's a motivation, there's an intrinsic motivation and uh, a power in that and saying, I think I actually want to listen to this guy instead of just judging everything that he says. Right. Or this lady or or or, or just accepting different like yeah, or different points of view. Accepting that things are uh subjective mm-hmm. and not having to be right about it. Yeah, it's like I can have friends who have different viewpoints than I than I do, but for some reason I only want to associate online with right. people who have extreme viewpoints that are completely different than anything I have because it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like the people around me and all my friends are much smarter than everyone else. And it's like actually most people can relate to each other on a very common ground. Yeah. So let's the, go the, let's go there instead. Let's the internet has been such a good way for people to act like assholes to each other whereas like if you actually sat down with these people and had a real conversation with them face to face yeah 90 percent of the time you'd be like hey you know i see what you're talking about and uh yeah you know i i disagree but i you know i respect your opinion as well whereas on the internet it's like you're wrong you're wrong i hate you down votes to you i have some sort of power to make your opinion uh negligible and embarrassing even yeah anyway Anywho, so that's social commentary for the week. <laughs> that is social commentary. All right, guys. Well, uh, if you have any social commentary that you want to send our way, um, go ahead and give us a call. Leave us a voicemail on 360-362-0024. You can also write us an email at personalarrogance at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Personal Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. We're on the Bald Move Facebook page. We're on the Personal Arrogance Facebook page. You can, we're on both, so like both. Follow us both there. Um, we don't put a lot of hate stuff up there. It's mostly just love and community, so just do that. Uh, uh, and uh, and then, of course, you could just uh, rate, rate and view us on iTunes. That helps us out a ton. It moves us up the rankings, makes this personal arrogance community bigger and bigger. And then, of course, you could tell a friend. If you can't do any of that, just tell a friend about the cast. Share it with them. And uh, make sure you kiss them on both cheeks while you do it. Um, and then I just also want to give a shout-out. March 1st. At the Stone Brewing Company in San Diego, California, we are going to be having our Bald Move Meetup. 7 o'clock, 
We got Aaron. We got Jim. We got me. We got Gerilyn. We got Susan. We got Amy. It is a bald move extravaganza. Come by, have a beer, chat it up. Bald move, San Diego, March 1st, 7 o'clock, Stone Brewing Company. And speaking of the bald move network, guys, oh my goodness, so much stuff going on, guys. I mentioned House of Cards. We have the first season recap with Aaron and Jim is already up on the site. We're this weekend. Season two recap is going to be up. They are binge watching this shit for your listening pleasure. So check it out. House of Cards on BobDiv.com. Also, Walking Dead just started. So they're doing that as well. Uh, they're, they're blowing it up on TV space. We also have, um, of course, the Because Show Ladies from Los Angeles. They are awesome. They are beautiful. They are wonderful. And Gerilyn just, uh, celebrated a milestone birthday. Uh, I don't know if it's a milestone birthday, but it's a birthday nonetheless. So, uh, happy birthday to Gerilyn. And then, of course, we have Up Yours Downstairs covering everything Edwardian. If it's on PBS Masterpiece, it's on Up Yours Downstairs. Follow TV, follow advice, follow lives, follow stories. Baldmove.com. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, we have our Facebook page. Each week, if you like us on Personal Arrogance, we post that we're recording. You tell us what to talk about, and we talk about it. God, we got some good, uh, good comments this week. In fact... Some comments that we're going to have to turn into topics in the near future because they're so damn good. But we're going to start with Jonathan. He says, you guys watching the Olympics? What's your favorite sport? And more snow in the forecast for Philadelphia. Kill me. Uh, we got our first snow here in two years in Seattle. I only weekend. got a tiny dusting, and it, it was all melted by the next day. I was kind of bummed. We got like an, a, a night. Of, it was actually the night we went and saw the Lego movie. We got about three or four inches, but then it started downpouring, and it's been raining ever since. So. <laughs> uh, uh, magical. Magical snow. Uh, but uh, sport of the Olympics, Jesse? Curling or biathlon. Curling and biathlon. Yeah, that's it, man. Curling and biathlon. Like, we've talked about this before. The Summer Olympics has it right because it has pentathlon, which is amazing. It's fencing, target shooting, equestrian, running, and swimming. Like, that is an amazing sport. And we mm-hmm. have to have the Winter Olympics uh, but, uh, pentathlon, which I believe we, we've covered this before. I think it was biathlon, which is two. So that's cross-country skiing and target shooting, curling. Mm-hmm. And I think we mm. have luge in there. Synchronized snow angel. Synchronized snow angels are great. I think that everybody also has to compete in a team sport of hockey. So you split up <laughs> all of the guys. And then they all have to play hockey. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's all good. I mean, hockey's great. Actually, this is lame, but uh, but I don't care. I as a kid, my mom watched a lot of figure skating, so I like grew up watching figure skating. So I can always watch figure skating. So you are just admitting to all sorts of stuff on this cast. I know it's me, Rosie O'Donnell, Oprah, and figure skating. Mm-hmm. That's called having a mom. all right michael says where are you guys at with the nelson cruz thing wouldn't you rather have morales back at the same price even with the glut of first baseman angel martinez likes it is baseball baseball thing i'm gonna i'm gonna answer it in three sentences okay uh nelson cruz is an outfielder so i'd rather have him than kendris morales because we have too many spots in dh and first base uh there's a log jam there He's a right-handed hitter, so that's also a plus. Uh, and, yeah, there's just no spot for Morales. So if they're going to try to get another power bat, I don't hate Kendris Morales. And they're also 
in win now mode. So whatever. They're not, they're going to sign Nelson Cruz to no more than a three year deal. So you're going to be stuck with him for the next three years. Last time we did that, a guy named Adrian Beltre. So quit belly aching, Michael. Okay. That was my three sentences. Levi says, I'm about to see the Lego movie. Fox Business says it's, it's anti-capitalist. Here's me and Benny. He took a great picture. And he says, uh, link to story. Yeah. Fox News hates it, but, um, Guys, Fox News isn't news; it's commentary. So, take that with your uh, take that with your stuff. I saw this post. I saw this post to the story on Slash Film, and this guy was like, "I'd rather have my kids watching Fox News than uh, than the Daily Show because it's actual news." And I was like, "Dude, it's not news. It's all the same stuff. It's just in different spectrums." I mean, it's all. What was common. that about hate reading? Well, but it was it wasn't a hate reading article. It was uh, it was on Slash Film. I don't know. I'm just saying that it's like there's a difference between news and commentary. So we pick the commentary that we like and we watch it. Right. There's there's very little actual reporting. Yeah, on any of the cable news networks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the reporting would take 30 minutes. That's why your local news does it every night, and they and that's a stretch. <clears throat> that's a pretty big stretch. I I I just flipped on. I was eating my Cheerios before going to work. I was like, I'll throw on the morning news. And I was like, this is some of the garbagest garbage. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. hate watching yep. either. I know. I was just like, this is just bad and weird and no, I you, don't need it. You have to watch local news at least once a month to remind you how terrible it is. <laughs> yeah. All right. Brandon says, uh, pick one super power for each other and one weakness. What would be hero villain Ooh. name and who would win in a fight? And what would that movie be called? A lot here, Jesse. Should we save this for a topic? Uh, no. Let's just let's just hammer it out. Okay. What's what's my superpower? Your superpower is uh, you can eat anything. Good. That's actually pretty good, man. And what's my weakness? Yeah. Your weakness is that you are very emotionally uh, <laughs> insecure, and if anyone uh, insults you, you get really sad. <laughs> I I would think that a better weakness would be like indigestion. So I could, well, that's that's a little too obvious. Well, I could eat anything, but it hurts me if I eat it. Well, it hurts you so when people like, are like, "Look at that idiot! Look eating a suitcase." <laughs> like, like, oh. I just take things really personally. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what's my uh, what's my hero slash villain name? Oh, you are Mighty Mouth. Perfect. And then, uh, okay. And then, uh, your superpower is, um, strategic advantage. Oh, yeah. You always have the strategic upper hand. Mm, I like it. You could see a scenario and you can, you look at the scenario and it's like looking at numbers just adding up as a math equation and, you, and then you just pull it off. Mm -hmm. You know how to break a game. And my, my weakness is. Your weakness is the same as mine. <laughs> You take things really personally. Uh-huh. And my name would be... Your name is Game Breaker. Game Breaker. Okay, so we got Mega Math versus Br Game Breaker. So I think you're the hero? I think we're both the hero. Oh, okay. It's like so the Avengers. What, okay. Do yeah, we, what's, what's our what's Avengers our, name? What's our duo team name, then? <laughs> it's got to be something about, like, emotionally weak. Ah, uh, yeah. The, How about uh, the Paper Thin team? The Paper Thins. <laughs> the Thin Hides. 
<laughs> the Thin Skins. Thin Skins, yeah. Love it. Thin Skins. That's the name of the movie. There you uh, go. All right. James Patterson says, after listening to last week's episode in which Jesse talked about rooting harder for Russell Wilson because of his name, I, des- I devised a bracket, which is amazing, to help you gents determine the best Wilson in the world. Thought it would be pretty cool, at least. And he did. We This has to be a, a, a topic. Yeah, we'll get to that one next week because it's pretty impressive. The Battle of the Wilsons is very impressive, James. Thank you so much, <laughs> sir. And that will be a topic next week. Um, uh, Matt says, what is Canadian breakfast? <laughs> Uh-oh. I'll let you feel this one. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, going to remain silent. I'm gonna oh, no. Silent. You got to say no, it's can't. so funny. But this was a word that was devised at Levi at a Rocky mountain correspondent, Levi Jetty's bachelor party in Vancouver, Canada, a Canadian breakfast. And then I wrote it up and I put it on a urban dictionary. There are a lot of Canadian breakfasts on urban dictionary, but what? Uh, really? I'm going to leave it up to you, uh, Matt to go on urban dictionary and, and devise which one is ours. Huh? So anyway, Canadian breakfast. I like the era of mystery. Um, Delicious. Up next, we got our high school trombone player, fellow marching band mate, Brad Oman, uh, who is awesome. He says, Evening Gents got a couple of months backlogged. They've been listening to these the past two weeks. First off, I got to say, it's been great to retrospectively listen to your analysis and predictions for the Seahawks. What a ride. So many times I found myself thinking, if they only knew what was coming up next. <laughs> Secondly, I feel the need to get my foot in the door on these comic slash graphic novels recommendations. I would definitely suggest you have a look at both Invincible and Lock and Key if you haven't already. The former centers around the son of a Superman-esque character starts off very lighthearted, but shit eventually gets very real, and then you're hooked. The latter is a must for the Lovecraft-inclined, chock-full of ominous relics, dark overtones, and ancient evil, not to mention gorgeous artwork. All right, I'm out. Stay arrogant and get off my Bactrian camel. Bactrian camel. Two humps. Brad Omen, love you so much, buddy. Wish I could. Have yeah, I'm gonna have to. Before. I'm gonna have to get back into reading some comics. Yeah, books. dude, it makes the bus ride so much better. I'm, I'm, I'm almost all the way through the Walking Dead comics you loaned me. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? I yeah. give you know, a fair bit. It's like three rides, and I'm done with a book. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Jr. Comic says, books, you can kind of breeze through. Yeah, you can breeze through. Jr. says, "Hey guys, I know you uh, are tired of the 81 version of Trivia Pursuit." But for those who might enjoy, oh, you're tied. You're not tired. You're tied to the 81 version of Trivial Pursuit. But for those who enjoy trivia, I recommend the iOS app. Quiz up hundreds of crowdsourced categories, including dozens of classic subgenres, science, history, literature, but also fun categories like web culture, beer, and most of the TV shows on the Bald Move Network. Baby, do it. And I actually downloaded it. It's kind of fun. It reminds me of the one, uh, one versus or whatever that whatever that game show was, I tried out. for. One versus a hundred. No, it's it whatever other. I tried out for. Maybe this it's game time show. for us to switch away from the Trivial Pursuit. It might be. I downloaded the app, so uh, we'll see what happens. Cool. Uh, Christian says, "I think you guys should really explore the idea of Geek Seek, the nerd search you talked about a few episodes back. I and I'm sure many other members of the PA Nation have some semi-strange to all-out weird geek fields under our belts." And I'd be very interested to hear about them and to get to know other members of this community. You know, Christian, this one actually kind of spawned my interest a little bit because 
you know, Jesse, you're going to be doing man, woman, beer here pretty soon. Or uh-huh. what's it called? Drunk and married. Drunk and married. And I'm thinking Geek Seek might be a great bald move uh, podcast where we that'd be pretty cool. We interview the community. Yeah, scour our listeners for whatever you're geeky about, and then just do like 20 minutes to a half hour on it. In the same vein of you know, uh, get off my running back. But yeah, uh, that'd be radical geek stuff. Might be kind of fun, Christian. Thank you for that uh, tidbit. And then uh, right now, the last one, David says, have you guys tried or have heard anything about the Chives' new line of beer? The Chives' new line of beer, Jesse. Have you heard about this? Was that the the, the website, the Chive? I'm guessing so. I'm, I'm Googling it right now. I'm, I have a hard time believing that will be any good. Yeah. Also, you don't just put out a line of beer. That's not a thing. Um, so th- the, apparently they are collaborating with Red Hook. Oh, yeah, awesome. Which uh, honestly, dude, uh, Red Hook's collaboration with the Dan Patrick Show, Audible Ale. It's my oh. favorite Red Hook beer, and I know you don't like uh, it, but I love it. Okay, moving on. And I get it a lot. All right. Well, moving on. If you don't recommend that, Jesse, then what are you recommending this week? I only got one this week. Um, it's a movie that you can stream off Netflix if you're not Dennis Kleinbeck. Mm-hmm. And you have Netflix streaming. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. And I just watched it. Like I stayed up to like 1 a.m. watching it the other night because it's so good. Yeah, yeah. And I can't stop watching it once I get into it. It's three hours long. It's The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. One of the best oh, movies ever made. Oh, my God. Yes, Sierra Leone. Yeah, Sierra Leone's best work. The definitive spaghetti movie. western, man. I just I yeah. I saw that was on Netflix. I it was like ten o'clock. I was like, screw it. I hit play, popped <laughs> on the headphones. I just slapped a stupid smile across my face, poured myself some gin, and enjoyed it. Oh, legit. Oh man, yeah. I just got flashbacks. You know, Nosferatu is is the full movies available on YouTube. And one night, I drank gin martinis and watched it. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a crazy hangover the next day. Yeah, but you I remember you telling me about this and your gin martini was like just gin on ice. Yeah, gin on ice, baby. Top, <laughs> top, <laughs> martini. Yeah, top shelf gin, you don't need anything else in it. That is that's called gin. That's not a yeah. martini. It's a gin martini. It's gin and water. <laughs> oh, anyway. Anyway. So what are your recommendations? That's all I got. I, I feel like I kind of recommended everything because I, I want to recommend Hearthstone and I want to recommend uh, Adventure Time and Lego Movie. And Gin on Ice. <laughs> and Gin on Ice. Uh, that's kind of everything. Cool. Do you have another reco? Nope, I do not. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening this week. We're happy we could put another hour and 40 minutes of the Personal Records podcast into your ear holes. And uh, please keep in touch. And remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, please stay stay arrogant. Arrogant. Thank you.
All right, buddy. All righty. Catch you later. All right, man. Bye-bye.